All right, guys, welcome to the uh, Landco podcast here. This format is the one where we kind of address individual topics. We just finished, uh, we wrapped one up on kind of the roundtable discussion where we talk about new listings. Now we're going to talk about uh, an individual topic. I forgot to introduce everyone on the last one, so I won't forget on this one. Dan, the usual suspects, Dan Ganway here, Ryan Pudick, and myself, John O'Reilly. Today we're going to address... Um, kind of advice for someone entering the land investment market. So I think the last topic we talked about was advice for people looking for small tracks, mm -hmm. which is a little different. This is for people that want to get into land as an investment, you know, sometimes taking money out of their portfolio, stock market and addressing using a pretty decent sized chunk to get into this market, whether that's an 80, uh, you know, 160 or even up to, uh, you know, thousands. We sell all those. So this would be, uh, advice for people just entering that market because honestly a lot of our clients are first time guys mm -hmm. and they're super intelligent guys that's how they got there they can afford this stuff but they're just unfamiliar with it they don't know how the process works exactly and it's different than a house you know it's it's mm -hmm. uh to be successful in the land investment world it's a different game than any other real estate segment that's fair right mm -hmm. okay so we just quickly wrote down, you know, we don't go through these in depth. That's kind of what we like about the podcast. We just kind of chat, like winging it, winging it comes off whatever's on the top of our mind, which, you know, we do this stuff every day. So it's, it comes pretty natural to us. But so we quick jotted down three things that we would, we would say are very important for first comers to understand. The first is that there's a bunch of different ways to invest in land and you sort of need to define what segment of that you want to fall in. You know, there's flat tillable where you buy it and walk away. You know, we bought farms for clients that don't even know where they're at. They buy sight unseen. Sight unseen, you're doing it just for the return. On the opposite end of the spectrum, people are buying farms to enjoy knowing that they're a safe asset. Mm -hmm. So there's anything in that spectrum, spectrum in between. So what I would... What I would say is you need to define if you are a purely chasing a return all the way down to I'm doing moving this money so I can enjoy the money, which are both great the like theories. They just once you once you define those, your approach changes a little bit based on on what you've established as your goal. Mm -hmm. You just got to define your goals on what you're mm -hmm. trying to accomplish for sure. And it doesn't have to be one end or the other. You can, you know, that's that's a full sliding scale. Like mm -hmm. we have guys that are like, oh, I want to be able to enjoy it on the weekend, but mainly I'm looking for a return. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's, you could fall anywhere in that spectrum, but that's where you need to decide. Am I 100% return? Am I 75% focused on return? Half and half. Half and half seems to be common. Yeah, yeah. like it is. Especially a decent now. return with enjoyment. Yeah, like I want to. You want to fish. use it, touch it. I want to, you know, and then be able to have enough of a return on it to maybe pay, you know, the property taxes and, you know, some, yeah. a, a few improvements every year, things like that. Which seems to be the, that and return only are probably the most common mm -hmm. right now. And right that, now. Sh that shuffles it does. year to year, uh, 2006, 2007. I always bring that up because it was totally, it's weird how totally it's different then. Totally different then. Even timber tracks that were all, 100% timber, which is the very far end of the spectrum. That's a long-term hold, a safe asset. But they're like, I want to shoot a big deer. 
and I don't care if it has any income. There's not many of those guys anymore. No, no, no. So I would say define your define where you are on that scale. Chasing money, enjoyment, and then secondly, long term, long term or short short term. Short term plan. And that changes your that changes your approach in that uh, if you're long term, just find a good property that you like and be happy with it. It's never going to be perfect, though. Yeah, it, you just have to kind of come to terms. And with we'll, that. you can chat about that when we get to the next point. But that is hundred percent true. At that point, it's like it's going to be hard to find exactly what you want. But we'll chat about that Sorry. in a minute. No, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I would just say define that, and then long term, short term. Because if it's short term, then you're out looking for undervalued properties. You're looking for stuff that you could improve. You're looking for things that, for whatever reason, you can manipulate and resell quickly, which happens. We, we do a lot of our clients are like that. Mm-hmm. It just your uh, what you search for <clears throat> changes a little bit. Yeah. And on the other flip side, if if you're looking long term. Just find something that fits what you want. You're going to be usually those guys are are more geared toward enjoyment. So just find what you want. And at that point, on the on the short term, entry price is a big deal. That's where you make your money because you're making it on entry price plus whatever you put into it, and then you're going to sell it. So if you can't get it at a good price, it doesn't make sense. Right. But on the long term. I, I hate when people bicker nickels and dimes over properties that's a long-term asset that they're going to enjoy for 20 years. And a lot of times they their goal is to keep it in the family forever. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going to walk away from something for that for long-term just for a few bucks when it's a good property for you. So I know it's easy for me to say it's not my money, but I buy stuff. I, I paid a premium for this place. Wouldn't you say that? Yes. So, mm-hmm. but... This isn't a farm that I was going to flip. This is like our family farm. Family so farm. if you like it, entry price. It fit, it fit your goals. It, it was what you were looking for. You know? Yeah. It was what a family is looking for. Yeah. Blair likes it. it. Your kids, it's great. Yep. So uh, entry price, not as big a deal on long-term holds. So that's how that's how it kind of is different on once you define your approach. So, but the next one is, it's not like the the next point is it's not like the residential market where it's flooded with stuff. Inventory sucks right now. So like you said, you have to define what you want and put those in order. We talked about that on the last on one. The last one. But um, prioritize. Prioritize what you want. But you have to understand that you need to be a little flexible to get what you want because now the piece we sold to Derek, it was very rare. He has, he has three, he has elite level deer hunting, fishing, and waterfowl on a ninety acre piece. Yeah, but that's I don't the, know if another one around. That's the only one that in the last couple of years that I could say that about. I looked for one like that forever, and we do this every day, and I couldn't find it. So I had to settle, and I bought this, which has elite waterfowl fishing, no deer hunting. Oh, really? Yeah, not really. Not I mean, really. So. Put, a, put your stuff in order and just realize you're going to have to be flexible. It's the same as when you talk to anybody buying a house for the first time even. You set your priorities of what you have to have, your minimums, and then you make your wish list. And you have to draw that line somewhere and say, you know, this property fits the first four things I said I really wanted. I wish I had this, but 
I can, I can, I can deal with I this. Can I deal. can live with this. Correct. Yes. You know, same exact thing. That's a good, same yeah. exact thing to buying a house. And so take that one step further. When, when one hits the market that has most of those things, you better go after it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So if it's priced right, you know, like the one of them we just chatted about on the round table was that pear tree farm, which is a beautiful farm, cool views, cool everything. It's just overpriced. But so that one may not go as fast, but if you see one that's priced right, like if you're working with a broker and it's like, yeah, man, this is in line, buy it. Yeah. You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. Uh, and on the investment side, on the short term, those guys are fast. Uh, so if you're competing with a short-term buyer and for you it's a long-term goal, our good investors, how long does it take them to make an offer? <laughs> well, a couple hours, a couple come, minutes. I it's mean, a spreadsheet and they get done throwing it out and say it works. Yep. They look at an ROI and say, okay, it works. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, don't patience uh, in some scenarios pays off and like residential stuff, which we know nothing about um, commercial. I think it does. And I think it does to a certain extent in uh, like the investment short-term flipping a land, but they're so fast, but I don't think it pays off on the long-term guys because like Derek's piece or even this, yeah. Good pieces are so rare. So on the flip side, if it meets your checklist, buy it. It's safe. Or at least attempt to buy it. Because, attempt to buy yeah. it where you're comfortable at. Mm-hmm. And this happens too. A couple of years down the road, if it's not perfect, you sell it. I mean, we're, it's a safe asset. You know, you you may sell it for what you bought it for and be out a few bucks, a like commission bucks or something. But it's not. it's a very... A very safe investment. Very safe, risk free. And if it's not a perfect farm, you flip it. And usually, land may, is, may, it may not be perfect for you, but I guarantee it's perfect for someone. Res- somebody will come and buy it. And resale. And that's where it, it, count, it helps to be working with a good broker. Because we, we always think resale, even if they're like, nope, I'm going to own this for 20 years. And it's like, well, maybe. Yeah. But things change. Yeah. Things change. And you call me in two years and say, well, you know what? What's happened in, in our lives have changed now. We, you know, for whatever reason, I think we're, it's time for us to sell. Yeah. And it could be, we love it, we want more. So yeah. we need to sell this to buy something else. Mm-hmm. So then what we told them two years ago matters. Yeah. And because we're on the line too. So if they call us and say, we want to sell it and we can't get what they paid for or a little more, I feel like we're not doing our job and we didn't kind of properly align that client. Mm-hmm. So we always think that stuff. We always think of resale, even if it's not your primary goal uh, short term. So that's a good segue to the last point. Mm-hmm. And last point is you have a few ways to work with brokers. And there's probably more of the first that just kind of call. So the first one would be someone that just calls the listing agent. It doesn't matter who it is. They're just going to call them. And, you know, if it's Wagner, they're going to go look with Wagner. If it's Ryan, they're going to go look with Ryan. And not, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the flip side is you pick one that you're comfortable with. Hopefully us, because this is what we do. This is why we do this stuff to help everybody out. But if it's not us, pick someone that you trust. Mm -hmm. And because here's here's the difference. A lot of this stuff, how much do you think of what we sell makes it to the website? Just half? I was going to say 50 to 60%. Yeah. So, and those are clients that are working directly with us. Yeah. Or they don't find out about them. So... The beauty there is, is you get, they're committed a little bit more to you and they know you're committed to them. And that's just, 
it's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Like you hope you can be committed to everybody, but Dan, if you have a client that's looking at farms with you and then you find out they looked at one with, you know, white tail properties, you, your commitment to them just goes down a little. It's just, I want to say no, but the truth is, yeah. you know, I might focus a little more energy on somebody that I know is working directly with you. That has, yeah. that has yeah. the same commitment back to yeah. you. Yeah. And it's not that you wouldn't have the other interest of that person in mind. No. But if you have two people looking for the same thing and one of them calls you on everything they see and is committed to you, like you're going to call that guy first. Absolutely. So absolutely. just know that. You know, sometimes I, I guess the flip side is if you're working with one you may be able to squeeze a few bucks out when it comes down to commission and you're close to buying a property. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's the only advantage I think of doing that. You know, as you list a property, uh, when I list a property, there's that short list of people that I have that instantly, when I first go look at it to mm-hmm. talk about it, I'm like, this person would be perfect. This would be a good fit for this, this guy. So. I, if, if we can get this to work, this this person has to come see this property. It's before we even have talked about contracts or anything to get get it going. Yeah, I well, mean, we're not a huge contract no, company, but, but, and that's why it happens so fast with yeah. a lot of the stuff we do. Is because, yeah, like we'll, you said, you we'll tell get him. a phone call that says, you know, uh, John Smith wants to sell this farm. So we go out there and we look at it. We look at it and it's like, holy cow, there's three guys we know in the back of our mind right now that may jump at this. Guess what? We make a phone call. It, it, it gets under contract so quickly that it never makes it to the open market. Yep. So that's the, we never take pictures. We never video. Right? Which, no. You know, it, so we've talked about this. It's a double-edged sword. It's weird. You, you can't walk away from a deal. It's what we do. It's we're in business to sell property. And we have not, uh, a chance to sell a property, we do it. But sometimes we go months without adding a new listing. Doesn't mean we're not selling anything. Right. It's just not making it to the it's website. It's never made it to it's the open market. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, I want to put it on the website and market is sold so people <clears throat> see that we sold it. But I'm like, that's I don't I don't care. I don't want to play that game. No. You know? Roll through and they've got thirty six lists listed properties and all sold 32 like, of them are you're just announcing it sold. sold thanks i was actually looking for a property like that and but it's not even for sale it's right. gone so now you're just wasting my time because i called you got my hopes up blah blah blah. so mm-hmm. it's like you know why do that why do it yeah um so that's the last one it, you can do either we like working with a broker because i think it opens you up to more opportunities because they've got their ear to the ground good ones and you got it i do we do this every day to where we know and we can take it even a step further because we also know what might be coming down the pipeline in say six months. You know, this guy's maybe looking point. for an 80, 80 acre piece and you know, we haven't quite found him the right piece, but guess what? We know this piece coming up. They're just not ready to sell yet, but six months and a year from now they are. And, and so just hold, yeah, hold if you tight. can be patient, we can be patient. Even, and we're good about a lot of other brokers don't ever like to let the sellers and the, the possible buyers talk. And correct. I don't know. We don't play that game either. So sometimes we'll just literally meet them. I, I know you don't want to sell yet, but when you do, I think this guy's a good fit. You know, don't cut me out because I'm introducing you guys, and we just trust people. And we we've do. only gotten, you it's know, happened. We, but. We, but yeah, we've been screwed a few times, but not not much. A contractor wouldn't change that with those people. No, no. So no. Uh, we do that all the time and introduce them. And so hey, in a year they call them and we sell and, it. And, and, and that also makes the transaction if and when it does happen so much more smooth it does um with when when those two get together yeah 
they already have a rapport. Mm -hmm. And we have a vlog out. This was, man, I'm losing track of all these. I think it was one of the earlier ones, four or five, when I talked about how to choose a broker. Mm -hmm. So if you want to choose that second path to have somebody literally committed to you, watch that. It's got some good info on it. What are we missing? Anything else to chat about in this one? I'm sure there's a lot to cover, but we try to keep these this format a little quicker, 10, 15 minutes. So we might even do the same, same exact topic again in a year and talk about three or four different things. But mm -hmm. just want to throw some inform information out to people getting into it just to uh, kind of let you know how it goes. But <clears throat> we appreciate you guys listening. I also forgot to plug all of our social media stuff the last time. Dan made me well aware of that. So uh, <laughs> Subscribe. <clears throat> subscribe. YouTube. Um, Facebook, Instagram, this podcast. I really want to get this thing going. So hop on that, subscribe, <clears throat> review. Dan does a bunch of stuff with Presley. So you can yeah. pick that up. Yeah. Just, you can check that all out on YouTube and Facebook for Presley's and Spec Warehouse and we're on Instagram and all those things. Same with Land Company and a lot of cool photos, a lot of cool, uh, gear and deals with Presley's. So make sure you check that stuff out too. Yep. We, uh, we also have a land division with Ryan. I just bought a uh, GoPro to have him start getting some footage. So hopefully yes. have some of that stuff coming up shortly, but we yeah, do that too. <clears throat> Anything we do this stuff. So people to try to bring real value to people, either mm -hmm. owning land or looking to buy land. So looking to do anything in farm, whether it's improving it, selling it, buying something, or even just advice on hunting, going into Presley store, buying some stuff for your farm. We hope you start with us. If it's something that we can't do or don't can't do well, we'll align you we with know the people. We know the people. Um, that's kind of our goal here at Landco is to become that hub. People come to us and if we can't do it, we disperse. If we can do it, we'll take care of you and do it well. Yeah. That's our quick plugs. We uh, appreciate listening and uh, we will hopefully be coming back, back with another kind of uh, format like this in a few weeks. And uh, thanks for listening. Catch you next time.